Above the Leadership Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast, connecting your Bible to your leadership and your leadership to your Bible. My name is Pastor Mark Carter. I am so glad that you're able to join me today. Well, we are now entering full force into the holiday season, and that means you may possibly be around some people that you're not normally around. Maybe you're going to be Zooming or you're going to be physically with people that can bring a little bit of emotional pressure. This can happen with families. It certainly happened to me throughout the years. I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about. It certainly happened to me. Sometimes you go to a holiday function and there's just certain ones that you, you just have a certain kind of chemistry that isn't always good. And essentially, maybe they want you to do something for them. They're creating some kind of pressure or they want you to know what they think about something or they want you to know what they think you should have done. And there's just this slight pressure. Perhaps you feel pressure to perform for somebody around you. Maybe you feel like you need to seem bigger or seem like something different than you are. And then, of course, there's always the possibility it's really just all in your head. It's all your own feelings. It's very possible that this is all your imagination. But in the case that there actually is some kind of relational pressure, I think this quick read of this blog post will help you. I'm going to go ahead and read you a post from BibleLeadership.com that I thought was really timely for Thanksgiving week and as we go into the holidays, and then I'll come back and give you some closing thoughts. Nine things leaders are not responsible for. Leadership lesson? Refusing to absorb people's responsibilities doesn't mean you're unloving. Galatians 6.5 says, For we are each responsible for our own conduct. You can plead with people, appeal to their conscience, and make compelling arguments, but at the end of the day, people are responsible for their own decisions. Think about it from the perspective of your own life. If you slip into some radical idiocy, even for a short season, you will bear the consequences of said idiocy. We, and unfortunately those around us, will bear the pain of our own foolishness. People can't save us from this. And more importantly for this post, we can't save others from it. Jesus didn't take responsibility for Peter's fickle faith in Matthew 14, 31, James and John's pyromaniac motives wanting to call down fire in Luke 9, 54, or Martha's misplaced anxiety in Luke 10, 40. He told them the truth and let the responsibility for obedience rightly fall on them. Proverbs 13.20 says the companion of fools will suffer harm. In his thorough treatment of the biblical fool in Necessary Endings, Henry Cloud explains that foolishness is a heart set that stubbornly keeps people from being teachable or adjusting themselves to the corrections that God, life, and others are trying to bring their way. Here's what it says in Necessary Endings. Whereas the chief descriptor of the wise person is that when the light shows up, he looks at it, receives it, joins it, and adjusts his behavior to align with the light, the fool does the opposite. He rejects the feedback, resists it, explains it away, and does nothing to adjust to meet its requirements. In short, the fool tries to adjust the truth so he does not have to adjust to it. Dude, pray for them. Love them. But don't allow people to pawn off their responsibilities on you. Here's nine things you're not responsible for. Number one, other people's life-damaging pride. 
Number two, other people's sinful choice to complain and reap the biblical consequences. Number three, other people's poor communication skills. Number four, other people's lack of courage to be clear about what they want. Number five, other people's poor relating strategies which result in doors closing for them. Number six, other people's meditation on negativity and past hurts which makes them difficult to work with. Number seven, other people's poor choice to wallow in self-pity. Number eight, other people's lack of preparation, which ensures certain opportunities will avoid knocking on their door. And number nine, other people's stubborn refusal to be corrected by those who could have helped them. That's on them. We all walk in pride. We're all less than correctable at times. We've all caused damage to our lives because of our own foolishness. We may not be producing all of our pain, but we are causing some of our pain, according to Ecclesiastes 7.20 and James 3.2. This is what it means to be a sinner. We are hurting ourselves. Here's what it doesn't mean. This doesn't mean that we judge people's hearts. We can't know them anyway, according to Jeremiah 17.9 and Matthew 7.1. And this doesn't mean that we don't have compassion for the destructive consequences of sin. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't seek to be helpful where people are open to it. And when I say open, I mean teachable. It just means that as a leader, we recognize that God has called people, even those who don't know him, to responsibility. And we should refuse to eat up all of our emotional margin about responsibilities that are rightly someone else's. Leadership lesson. Refusing to absorb people's responsibilities doesn't mean you're unloving. Okay, so one of the things I wanted to say to you this week was that I really believe Jesus wants you and I to be free of other people's petty little opinions. And of course, I'm not talking about genuine stuff that needs to be talked about, like large life issues. I'm just talking about the things that have nothing to do with anything beyond the next five minutes. They're not eternal. They're not important in any kind of a long-term way. They're random comments that show up around others. What do I mean? I mean, don't allow people's opinions to shake you when you know who God is calling you to be and what he's calling you to do. Let's go back to Apostle Paul's advice in Galatians 1.10. Obviously, he says, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Doesn't that freak you out a little bit? The idea that every time I like enter into people pleasing, I've left Christ serving. Man, that's scary. Here's what I found. I found that if I keep walking in the direction that God wants me to walk, though I make mistakes and don't get everything right, if I keep walking, eventually people will get used to the fact that I'm just going to follow Jesus. They might even grow to like it after a while. And I know, actually, he's dragging me most of the way, um, not because I don't want to go that way, but just because my stupid flesh is so stupid. But either way, we're not called to be people pleasers, but to be servants of Christ. So maybe you just need to repeat this in your own head. God is not calling me to make them happy about this. God is not calling me to rearrange my wins and the goals that he has given me just in order to make them feel better about it. You don't have to be somebody just because you think somebody might like it better. And of course, again, I'm not talking about good counsel. I'm talking about the random critics and emotionally constipated relatives and rando pseudo old time friends that in some ways, maybe not because they mean to, but be, but they oppose the life of God in you. So let me ask you some evaluative questions. Do you go into doormat mode and honestly need to ask Jesus for more fear of him and less of them? I've just had different ones over the years that 
you know, I, I found myself like I'm walking in the fear of man with regard to them. And it, it, it's so strange because I'm like, I don't even fear them. Like, I think probably I'd win in a fight. But for some reason, like my spirit is responding in a trembly way and just asking Jesus, Lord, help me. I, I don't know why this, this malfunction is happening. Help me not fear them and help me fear you instead so that I'll just respond to you and not to them. And here's the second evaluative question. Ask the Lord now. Is there, is there something I can do to be helpful that is relationally appropriate without over-functioning, meaning doing for them what they should be able to do for themselves? Is there some way you want me to help them? God, is there some way I could be helpful to this person? Is there some way that I can love them? But as I'm doing that, can I just encourage you? Let yourself off the hook. You can't change people. You can only lovingly and patiently point to the one who does change people. You and I can't upgrade people. We can only invite them to the next step. Maybe they don't have a certain skill set or competency. You don't have to give it to them. And it can be hard, especially when we have a heart for people and we believe that we see how Jesus really could make somebody's life amazing if they would just let him get a hold of them. But also, we can be the kind of people who sometimes need to remember it's not up to us to control how people are going to be. And now we get to the irony of this topic is we don't want people to do that to us, so we don't want to do it to them either. Let me tell you a secret that I believe could save all of us more and more years. By and large, people are just going to be the way they are. One thing that we can do is love the version of them that is in front of us. We can't waste a lot of emotional energy wishing somebody were different because for the most part, if someone's going to be different, it's going to be because they chose to get different, not because we wished they would be different. So let's not wait to love the version that we wish they were. Here's the deal, yo. You only get this one. Jesus is never going to ask you in heaven how you did with loving the version you wished they were. He's going to ask you and I how we did loving the version that they were. All right, folks, as always, thank you for joining me today. Happy Thanksgiving if it is near or around Thanksgiving. If you got value today out of this, go ahead and feel free to share it. Also, check out the website, BibleLeadership.com. Check out our YouTube channel and consider checking out our Patreon page. Have an awesome Thanksgiving. Lead strong today.